Good morning, good morning. Today is Saturday, January 29th. Uh, we have Exodus 35 through 40 in Psalm 29, and we have this Torah part, Torah series, Exodus video part two. So let's ask the Lord's blessing, and then we'll watch this uh, uh, video. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you, glorify you, Lord. And uh, thank you for the wonderful day. Just keep us safe out, folks safe out in the weather, Lord. And uh, we just ask that you would uh, guide us right now as we get into your word, Lord, as we watch this video, to speak to our hearts and give us wisdom and understanding. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Okay, let's watch this video. The first half of the book of Exodus tells us... Ancient Israel. The first half of the book of Exodus tells the story of ancient Israel being rescued from slavery. And when people say the Exodus story, those are the chapters they're referring to. But the book has a second half where Moses gives the Ten Commandments to Israel along with these instructions about building a sacred tent. And what links these two halves together is this crucial story. The people of Israel, they're out in the middle of nowhere. They find themselves at the foot of this mountain called Sinai. And here, God's presence comes dramatically down in the form of a violent storm cloud. Now let's stop a second and talk about this concept of God's presence because it's really important for the rest of the book. At the beginning of the Bible, in the Garden of Eden, humanity was in God's presence, they had this close relationship with him and it was good. But humanity rebels and the relationship is fractured and access to God's presence is lost. But God promised Abraham that he would restore his blessing to all of the nations and that includes this restoration of relationship and access to God's presence. So here at Sinai, God's presence is now right here in front of them and it's actually quite frightening. And he's here to invite Israel into this unique and close relationship with him. And the word used to describe this relationship is covenant. It's like a legal agreement between God and Israel. And it's unique because up till now, God hasn't asked Israel to do anything in return, just to trust him. But here on this mountain, God is going to ask Israel to do something. A lot of things, actually. He gives them a whole set of laws. That it includes the Ten Commandments. And if they obey these commandments, they will become the people who will represent God to the nations of the world. Like a priest would. Yeah, in fact, that's what God calls them to become, a kingdom of priests. And this is all connected back to the promise to Abraham that his family would become a blessing to the nations. Okay, but obeying these laws is going to be difficult because... There's a lot of them, and they set a really high standard. Though if you think about it, I mean, of anybody in the world who should be able to do it, I mean, it's these people who experienced firsthand God's grace and his power when he rescued them from slavery. And, and they agree to obey the terms, but then they refuse to go into God's presence because it's, well, it's still a bit frightening. And since the people won't go up, Moses goes up to the mountain by himself to meet with God. But God still wants to be with all of his people. And so he says, okay, if the people won't come up here to me, I'll come down off this mountain to be with you all. And that's why he orders Moses to build this elaborate tent as a place where God's presence can be among his people. And that's why the next thing we get is seven chapters of extremely detailed architectural blueprints for this tent. It's really, really really long. But every detail is important and has some kind of symbolic value. For example, there's all this Garden of Eden imagery inside the tent. And it's to remind you that when you're in the tent, 
you are in God's presence. Then we get another six chapters describing how they built the tent, which is really just repeating the same blueprints word for word. Now let's back up because before the tent is finished, there's this super important story. Moses is coming off the mountain with the Ten Commandments and the blueprints in his hands, and he finds Israel breaking the first two commands of the covenant. Don't have any other gods before me and don't worship idol statues. Right, and so here we are immediately after agreeing to the covenant, they're throwing this ritual party, they're worshiping an idol. And so God says to Moses, you know what, this is, this is not gonna work. I should just wipe these people out and start over with you. But Moses reminds God of his promise to Abraham and pleads with God to spare them, which is a really weird conversation. Why would God need to be reminded of something. Yeah, it does seem odd, but this dialogue is inviting us into God's experience of grief and pain due to Israel's actions, and he really could walk away. But instead, this God chooses faithfulness to his own promises, even though he knows it's going to cost him. So we come to the end of the book. The tabernacle's built, God's presence comes down off the mountain to fill it, and in the final scene, Moses goes to enter the tabernacle to be in God's presence. But he can't. He's actually not able to go inside, and that's how the book ends. Why can't he go in? That was the whole point. So when Israel worshipped the golden calf, it was like a slap in the face to God's faithfulness. And so Moses can't just waltz into the tent like everything's just fine. There's a deeper problem still in this relationship. Will they ever be able to fix the relationship and go into God's presence? Well, that's what the next book, Leviticus, is all about. Hey, this is John. And this is Tim. We believe the Bible is one long story, and so we like to look at each individual book and see how it's designed to fit in that story. We also take core themes of the Bible and see how they develop from the beginning of its story all the way through to the end. We're a nonprofit, and we'd love your help to make more videos. Go to jointhebibleproject.com and see what video we're raising money for right now. We just hit 25,000 subscribers on YouTube. Totally awesome. You could be the next one. You could download full resolution versions of this video and all of our videos. You could find study guides. It's all for free at jointhebibleproject.com. Okay, let's get into Exodus chapter 35. Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Six days you shall be six days work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skin and goat skin, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and stones for setting and for the ephod and for the breastpiece. Let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, its tent and its covering, its hooks and its frames, its bars, its pillars and its bases, with the ark and its poles, its mercy seat, the veil of the screen, the table with its poles and all its utensils, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand also for the light with its utensils and lamps, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense with its poles, with the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, and the screen for the door, and the door of the tabernacle, the altar of the burnt offering, 
with its grating of bronze, its poles and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its bases, and the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle and the pegs of the court and their cords, the finely worked garments for the ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments for his sons for their service as priests. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were willing of willing heart, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets and all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord, and everyone who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns or fine linens or goat's hairs or tanned ram skins or goat skins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution, and everyone who possessed acacia wood in any use of any use in the work brought it and every skillful woman spun with their hands and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen and the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair and the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastpiece and spices and oils for the light and the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and all the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. Then the Lord, then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord is called by name Beziel, the son of Uri, and Hur of the tribe of Judah, and he has lifted him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. He is, has filled them with skill to do every work every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen or by a weaver by any sort of workman or skilled designer. Beziel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. And Moses called Beziel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord has put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the, do the work. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work in the sanctuary. They kept... So they still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning. All that the craftsmen were doing, every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that was doing, and said to Moses, The people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command, and word was proclaimed throughout the camp, Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. And all the craftsmen among the workmen made the tabernacle with ten curtains. They were made of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarns. With cherubim skillfully worked, the length of each curtain was twenty-eight cubits, and the breadth of each curtain four cubits, and all the curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains to one another, and five other 
five curtains he coupled to one another, and he made loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain of the first set. Likewise, he made them on the edge of the outermost curtain on the second set. And he made 50 loops on one curtain, and he made 50 loops on the edge of the curtain that was in the second set. The loops were opposite each other. And he made 50 clasps of gold and coupled the curtains one to the other with clasps, so the tabernacle was a single hole. He also made curtains of goat's hair for a tent over the tabernacle, and he made 11 curtains. The length of each curtain was 30 cubits, the breadth of each curtain 4 cubits. The 11 curtains were the same size. He coupled 5 curtains by themselves, 6 curtains by themselves, and he made 50 loops on the edge of the outermost curtain of the one set, and 50 loops on the, outer, on the edge of the other connecting curtain, and he made 50 clasps of bronze to couple the tents together, that it might be a single hole, and he made... For the tent, a covering of tanned ram skins and goat skins. Then he made the upright frames for the tabernacle of acacia wood. Ten cubits was the length of a frame and a cubit and a half, the breadth of each frame. Each frame had two tenons for, to fit together, and he did this for all the frames of the tabernacle. The frames for the tabernacle he made thus 20 frames for the south side. He made 40 bases of silver under the 20 frames, two bases under one frame for its two tenons, and two bases under the next frame for its tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle on the north side, he made 20 frames and their 40 bases of silver, two bases under one frame and two bases under the next frame. For the rear of the tabernacle westward, he made six frames. He made two frames for the corners of the tabernacle in the rear, and they were separate beneath but joined at the top at the first ring. He made them this way with the two corners. There were eight frames with their bases of silver, 16 bases under each frame, two bases. He made bars of acacia wood, five for the frames on the one side of the tabernacle, five bars for the frames on the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the frames on the tabernacle at the rear westward. And he made the middle bar to run from the end of to end halfway up the frames. And he overlaid the frames with gold, and he made the rings of gold and for holders for the bars and overlaid the bars with gold. He made the veil of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen and cherubim skillfully worked into it. He made it. And for, he, for it, he made four pillars of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, and the hooks were of gold, and he cast the, them four bases of silver. He also made a screen for the entrance of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, embroidered with needlework and five pillars with their hooks, and he overlaid the capitals and their fillets with gold, but the five bases were of bronze." Chapter 37, Beziel made the ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half was its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold inside and out, and he made moldings of gold around it, and he cast it four rings of gold for its four feet, two rings on one side and two rings on the other side. And he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold and put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. And he made the mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And he made two cherubim of gold, and he made them of hammered work on the two ends of the mercy seat, one cherub on one end and one cherub on the other end, and one piece with the mercy seat he made the cherubim on the two ends, its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, their faces to one another. Towards the mercy seat were the faces of the cherubim. He also made the tab table of acacia wood. Two cubits was its length, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold and made moldings of gold around it. And he made a rim around it, a handbreadth wide, and he made moldings of gold around the rim. He cast it four rings of gold and fastened the rings to the four corners of its four legs. Close to the frame were the rings as holders for the 
the poles to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood to carry the table and overlaid them with gold. And he made the vessels of pure gold that were to be on the table, its plates and its dishes for incense, and its bowls and flagons with which to pour drink offerings. He also made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of hammered work. Its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers were of one piece with it. And there were six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, one on on one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and a flower, on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand, and on the lampstand itself were four cups made like almond blossoms with their calyxes and flowers, and the calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out of it. Their calyxes and their branches were of one piece with it. The whole of it was a single piece of hammered work of pure gold, and he made it and it and he made it seven its seven lamps and its tongs and its trays of pure gold. He made it and all its utensils out of a talent of pure gold. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood, and its length was a cubit, and its breadth a cubit. It was a square, and two cubits was its height. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold. Its top was around and around its sides and its horns. And he made a molding of gold around it, and he made two rings of gold under its molding and on opposite sides of it as holders for the poles to which to carry it. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil also and the pure fragrant incense blended by the perfumers. Chapter 38. <clears throat> he made the altar a burnt offering of acacia wood. Five cubits was its length and five cubits its breadth. It was a square and three cubits was its height. He made horns for it on, the four, on its four corners. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with bronze. And he made all the utensils of the altar, the pots, the shovels, the basins, the forks, and the fire pans. He made all its utensils of bronze. And he made for the altar of a grating, a network of bronze under its ledge, extending halfway down. He cast four rings on the four corners of the bronze grating as holders for the poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. And he put the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar to carry it with them. He made it hollow with boards. He made the basin of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered in the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he made the court for the south side. The hangings of the court were of fine twined linen, a hundred cubits. The twenty pillars and their twenty bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And the north side there was hangings of a hundred cubits, and their pill twenty pillars and their twenty bases were of bronze. But the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the west side, their hangings of fifty cubits, the ten pillars and their ten bases, and the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were silver. And for the front of the Front, to the east, 50 cubits. The hangings from one side of the gate were 15 cubits, and their three pillars and their three bases, as, as, and so for the other side. Both sides of the gate of the court were hangings of 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three bases. All the hangings around the court were of fine twined linen, and the bases for the pillars were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. The overlaying of the capitals was also of silver, and all the pillars of the court were fillet, filleted with silver, and all the screens of the gate of the court was embroidered with needlework in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. 
It was 20 cubits long and 5 cubits high in its breadth, corresponding to the hangings of the court, and their pillars were four in number. The f their four bases were of bronze, and their hooks of silver, and their overlay and the overlaying of their capitals and their fillets of silver, and the pegs for the tabernacle and for the court all around were of bronze. These are the records of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were recorded is at the commandment of Moses, at the responsibility of the Levites under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest, Bezalel, the son of Uri, and Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord commanded Moses, and with him was Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer and embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the gold that was used for the work and all, all, in all the construction of the sanctuary, the gold from the offerings was 29 talents and 730 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. The silver from those of the congregation who were recorded as 100 talents and 1775 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. A becca ahead, that is half a shekel by the shekel of the sanctuary for everyone who was listed in the records from 20 years old and upward. For 603,550 men, the, the hundred talents of silver were for casting the bases of the sanctuary and the bases of the veil, and a hundred bases for the hundred talents, a talent a base, and the 775 shekels he made hooks for the pillars and overlaid their capitals and made fillets for them. The bronze that was offered for 70 talents and 2,400 shekels, with it he made the bases for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the bronze altar and the bronze grating for it, and all the utensils of the altar, the bases around the cord and the bases of the gate of the cord and all the pegs of the tabernacle and all the pegs around the court. Chapter 39. From the blue and purple and scarlet yarns, they made finely woven garments for ministering in the holy place. They made the holy garments for Aaron, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He made the ephod of gold, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen. And they hammered out gold leaf, and he cut into the cut it into threads to work it into the blue and purple and the scarlet yarns and into the fine lined linen and skilled design they made for the ephod attaching shoulder pieces joined to it at its two edges and the skillfully woven band on it was one piece with it and it made like it of gold blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen as the lord had commanded moses they made the onyx stones enclosed in settings of gold filigree and engraved like the engravings of a signet according to the names of the sons of Israel. And he set them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod to be stones of remembrance for the sons of Israel as the Lord has commanded Moses. He made the breastpiece in skilled work in the style of the ephod of gold, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen. It was square. And they made the breastpiece doubled, a span in its length and a span in breadth when, it, he, when doubled. And they set... In it, it's four rows of stones, a row of sardis, topaz, and carbuncle was its first row, and the second row, an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond, and the third row, a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst, and on the fourth row, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They were enclosed in settings of fine filigree. There were twelve stones with their names according to the names of the sons of Israel. They were like signets, each engraved with its name for the twelve tribes, and they made on the breastpiece tw twisted chains like cords of pure gold, and they made 
made two settings of a gold filigree and two gold rings and put the two rings on the two edges of the breast piece. And they put the two cords of gold into in the two rings on at the edges of the breast piece. They attached two ends to the two cords to the two settings of filigree. Thus, they attached it to the front of the shoulder pieces of the ephod. Then they made two rings of gold, and they put them in the two ends of the breast piece on its inside edges next to the ephod, and they made two rings of gold and attached them in front of the lower part of the two shoulders, shoulder pieces of the ephod at its seam above the skillfully woven band of the ephod, and they bound the breast piece by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue so that its shoulder lie on the skillfully woven band of the ephod that and that the breast piece should not come loose from the ephod as the Lord has commanded Moses. He also made the robe of the ephod woven of all blue, and the opening of the robe was like the opening of a garment, with its binding around the opening so that it might not tear. On the hem of the robe they made pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen. They also made bells of pure gold and the bells between the pomegranates all around the hem of the robe between the pomegranates. A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate around the hem of the robe for ministering as the Lord had commanded Moses. They also made the coats woven of fine linen for Aaron and his sons and the turban of fine linen and the caps of fine linen and the linen undergarments of fine twined linen. And the sash of fine twined linen and the blue and purple and scarlet yarns embroidered with needlework as the Lord had commanded Moses. They made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote on it an inscription like the engraving of a signet, holy to the Lord. And they tied it to the cord of blue and fastened it on the turban above as the Lord had commanded Moses. Thus all the work of the tabernacle and the tent of meeting was finished and the people of Israel did according to all the Lord had commanded Moses, so they did. And they brought the tabernacle to Moses and the tent and all its utensils, its hooks, its frames, its bars, its pillars and its bases, the coverings of the tanned ram skins and goat skins and the veil of the screen, the ark of the testimony with its poles and the mercy seat, the table with its utensils, all its utensils, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand of pure gold and its lamps with its with the lamps set all and all its utensils, and the oil for the light, the golden altar, the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, and the screen for the entrance of the tent, the bronze altar and its grating of bronze, its poles and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its bases, and the screen for the gates of the court, its cords and its pegs, and all the utensils for the service of the tabernacle, for the tent of meeting, the finely worked garments for the ministering in the holy place, and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for the service as priests, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So the people of Israel had done all the work, and Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it, and the Lord had commanded. So they had done it. Then Moses blessed them. Chapter 40. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the month you shall erect the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and you shall put in it the ark of the testimony, and you shall screen the ark with a veil, and you shall bring the table, bring in the table, and arrange it, and you shall bring in the lampstands, and set up its lamps, and you shall put the golden altar for incense before the ark of the testimony, and set up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. You shall set the altar of burnt offerings before the door of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and a place of basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it, and you shall set up the court all around, and the hanging up a screen for the gate of the court. Then you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and consecrate it and its, all its furniture so that it be 
it may become holy. You shall also anoint the altar of burnt offerings and its all its utensils and consecrate the altar so that the altar may become most holy. You shall also anoint the basin <coughs> excuse me, and its stand and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and shall wash them with water and put on Aaron the holy garments, and you shall anoint him and consecrate him that he may serve me as priest. You shall bring his sons also and put coats on them and anoint them and you, as you anointed their father that they may serve me as priests and their anointing shall, be, shall admit them to the perpetual priesthood throughout their generations. Thus Moses did according to all that the Lord commanded him, so he did. In the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases, set up its frames, put in its poles, and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it. As the Lord had commanded Moses, he took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and the screen of the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil. And he arranged the bread on it before the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. He put the lampstand in front of the meet in front of the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses he put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil and burned fragrant incense on it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put in place that screen for the door of the tabernacle and he set the altar of burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle at the tent of meeting and he offered on it the burnt offering and the grain offering as the Lord had commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet when they went into the tent of meeting. And when they approached the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle throughout all their journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire in it, in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Psalm 29, Ascribe to the Lord glory is the title. It's a Psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holy of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks 
the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Siron like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Oh, Heavenly Father. We do cry out, glory. You are so glorious, so majestic, so incredible. Heavenly Father, what an incredible description of this meeting place that you made, Lord, that you can meet with your people. And Lord, we're so thankful now that you just meet with us personally, with Jesus as our mediator. Lord, you've set up your temple inside us in our hearts, Lord. And just help us, Lord, to, to keep it holy as you've made it, Lord. To keep it set apart for you, for your service, for what you want to do, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord, and we just ask, we thank you for blessing us with strength and with peace, Lord. And we just ask that you would continue to do that. Lord, if I think of Lynn... Pam, especially, Lord, that you would bless them with strength and with peace, Lord. And Lord, your other servants, your other people, Lord, uh, Pam, I mean, uh, Mark and Trish and Al and Jill and those suffering with back issues, Lord, we just lift them up to you, Lord. We ask for healing, for doctor's directions, Lord, and surgeries and whatever is necessary, Lord. Think of uh, those suffering with other uh, ailments, Lord, and uh, COVID, uh, and Zach, Lord, I haven't heard an update, Lord, we just ask you can, that you would work on him, Lord, that you would restore his body, Lord. Thank you that this uh, wave of illness seems to be passing uh, through quickly, Lord, and we just, Lord, we just ask that things would uh, not necessarily get back to normal, Lord, but people would be comfortable to come out of the house, to come back to fellowshipping and meeting together, meeting one another, Lord, and uh, your church service, Lord, and your presence, fellowshipping, worshiping you and glorifying you, Lord. Father, we just ask that your will would be accomplished on this earth, Lord, as it is in heaven. Just accomplish your will, Lord. Do accomplish your desire, Lord. Draw people to yourself, Lord. It's your desire that none would perish, that all would come to repentance. And Lord, make that happen. And Father, we just ask that you would uh, forgive us. And Lord, help us to forgive like you forgive, so totally, so completely, so full of grace, so full of mercy, Lord, you are. And Father, we just ask for your provision. You provide for us so abundantly, so amazingly, Lord. Each and every day, Lord, meet uh, our provisions, continue, and Lord, help us to just give you thanks for that, and you the credit, and you the glory, for you are the provider. Everything we have is because of you. It comes from you, Lord. Every breath we take in our lungs is because you allow that. You created that, Lord. You cause our bodies to work and to function. 
as you made them, Lord. Father, be with us today, Lord. Just help it to be just a day of glorifying you, Lord. This household here as we celebrate the uh, coming of Jesus, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you would just be a great time of celebration, of remembrance of you, what you've done for us, Lord, and why uh, you came to earth into a human form, Lord, into a man. So thankful for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great day.